Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Brent Dusing, who is the CEO and founder of TruePlay, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and I'm super excited for this podcast episode today. Why is that? Because it's with Brent Dusing, who is coming to us from Austin, Texas, is the CEO and founder of TruePlay. Um, it's a Christian entertainment company. They make a lot of video games, games for for children. And uh, it's very exciting. They're, they're launching in 2023, um, but you can check out a whole lot about what they're up to, what they're developing on their website. And uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. We talk about his, a little bit about his backstory, working in Silicon Valley um, for some high-tech companies, This really the space that he's still in, but now uh, is really leaning into some this, this new area, uh, really seeing the rise of anxiety and some of the challenges that many of their, the youth, adolescents are, are facing and hoping to try and offer a redemptive, an alternative solution uh, through his digital footprint. And so um, there's a whole lot more that we we discuss uh, and talk about. But before I hop into the podcast, if you'd like to join uh, our newsletter and learn more about what we are up to with the guys like us podcast episodes, and we also want to hear from you about what you uh, want to see more of, what you'd maybe perhaps guess or any other content you'd like us to to consider, um, please visit the website, theguyslikeus.com. Again, theguyslikeus.com. And you'll see our newsletter at the bottom or a pop-up. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Brent. Brent, thank you so much for joining me in the Guys Like Us podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks, Tyler. Great to be with you. Yes. And so um, would love to, to start and really orient our, our listeners to um, the work and that you're involved in, but I know it goes, it starts a long time ago. And so would you mind just share a little bit about your, your bio and, and business and uh, kind of the gaming and entertainment industry and then how your Christian faith um, has been part of your story as well? Sure. I, uh, you know, I started my career in Silicon Valley on September 4th, 2001. So, you know, seven days later was September right. 11th, right? So wow. very interesting time. To start your career, but uh, you know, I started at a venture capital firm, and it was actually a good thing. It was at the bottom of kind of the dot com crash for those who remember that those days. But it was good because we started out learning how to invest in technology companies based on fundamentals and not based on hype. You know, not based on eyeballs and hype. And you know, that was that was what people call Web 1.0. So you might remember hmm. that's when you know things like Amazon came out, and it was a Web 1.0 company in eBay, but. There are also companies like Pets.com and eToys, um, and and so there were a lot of uh, like there are with most technology waves. Mm -hmm. There were some winners, and there were some companies you know that, that didn't uh, work out. And so mm -hmm. uh, it was a, it was a fascinating time to be part of the venture industry. <laughs> I left 2005 and started my first company when I was 26. And you probably haven't ever heard of it, but you might have actually used our product if you've ever shopped at a grocery store. And they say, use your cell phone to save money or use digital coupons. Um, I invented that. It's a company called Cellfire. We grew it and scaled it and eventually sold it. 
and um, it was used in you know grocery stores all around the all around the country. We then I then started a company in 2011, mm. sorry 20, 2010 I guess, yeah. called uh, Lightside. So we built games on Facebook. So for our listeners. Some of the older listeners might remember the days of a game called Farmville, where you were on Facebook and there was a game called Farmville, and you could, you know, build a farm and milk cows and do mm -hmm. all these kind of things. So we did, we did not build Farmville, but we built games that were like that, mm. except that they told biblical narratives, meaning, hmm. um, you know, games you played on Facebook. The first game we built was called Journey of Moses. So you literally played Moses and you played through his journey and his story and. Then we played Journey of, did Journey of Jesus, where you played the gospel, you played the full story of sure. of, of Jesus uh, through. And, it, and these were kind of games that were built on um, tasks and quests. So, for example, in the Journey of Jesus game, you would go to a wedding and you would meet a guy who's stressed out because the wedding is going to be a total failure, and you mull around through the wedding and you meet a woman who says, "Hey, go out to the go meet my son. He's in the backyard." So you meet this guy. He says, "Hey." Go get me some water jugs. You bring them to him. Then he says, "Go fill them up." You fill them with water, and then he turns water into wine. And so mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. kind of have this active participatory role sure. in the events of the gospel, and you see things. You know, characters. It's kind of a character task-driven uh, game. So <clears throat> anyway, we had you know we had over seven million people play our games globally, and had a lot of really mm -hmm. uh, great success metrics in terms of you know usage statistics and things like that. We then we then uh, about four years ago. I was looking out at the world and I was bothered by what I was seeing. I was bothered by the fact that anxiety, suicide, and depression rates are all-time highs for kids. Mm. This is before COVID. Mm -hmm. I was bothered by the fact that the average male in America is exposed to pornography when he's 11 years old. By the way, four years ago, that, that age was 13, so it's gotten worse. I was bothered by the fact that uh, there's you know just so many toxic messages hoisted on kids from so many different channels. And when you look at the net result of that, it's really interesting. In America, 62% of adults over 40 believe in God. That's actually pretty good, especially when you consider first world countries. But in, but for kids, for 18 years old and under, it's only 32%, right? Mm -hmm. So it's half. So you ask yourself, wow, how did we get here, right? So, the average American, uh, only 48% of Americans go to church. So for the first time in, in our lifetime, so the first time since the 1940s, less than half of Americans go to church, right? And when you're at church, you're there about an hour. So in other words, the average American is getting 30, 30 minutes a week of godly instruction, and they're on a screen 50, 52 and a half hours a week is how many hours a kid is on a screen. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what are they doing? Well, they're playing video games, and they're on social media, and they're watching Netflix and YouTube, et cetera. Well, who makes all those content decisions? Who's getting, you know, who's getting, um, where are kids getting messages about God's truth, about who Jesus Christ is, about the fact that, you know, God loves them, right? Uh, who, what their identity is, what their purpose and their calling is, that they're, they're you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. That they're a unique creation. Where where do those messages come through for kids? And it's borne out in the data when again you look at belief in God and suicide rates and you know all these other uh, toxic things hmm. that's happening to the youngest generation. So that's what really spurred us to create a company that we call True Play. So True Play is a multimedia Christian entertainment company. Uh, we launched next year. It's video games. It's animations. It's digital comics. Uh, that are all done with a very high degree of quality by by really world class industry experts, 
but also that puts God first. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And so you're going to, you know, you shared a lot there. And it was, I think it's very, very helpful for a lot of our listeners as well. And um, sharing your background in business and the importance of, of keeping God first as well and in the work that you do. And um, you, you mentioned one thing, so I'd love to dig in a little bit. One of the reasons why you started the, this organization and uh, I think are obviously tailoring a lot of your products and services toward it is the the challenges that children and adolescents are facing. And so I, I'm, I know for, there's kind of these, the last 10 years, it's certainly, uh, COVID certainly heightened, but as you named, and perhaps I'm a little more invested in this than the, the common listener here. So, but before 20, you know, 2020, there was this 10 years really, I think with the boom of social media, with the rise of Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um, and we saw anxiety rates really spike up. And there's been studies as well of, um, you know, okay, well, what are the other critical junctures that are happening in society? Is there any other, you know, they looked at the opioid crisis, but that really only affected a certain population of folks. Um, and they said, okay, well, the, the biggest things was high tech industry and the rise of some of these, um, really almost some people have gone as far as addictive technology. And there's some studies that have come out and looking at the power of, you know, what, yeah, what type of products, services are, are attracting your attention, right? And there are a lot of world-class people who are now doing this work and our folks are, you know, getting hooked onto things that may not be centered around uh, godliness or godly kind of principles. And so a lot of these things have been happening, but I just want to kind of hear a little, dig a little bit more into that here. I want to hear your perspective on kind of, is that, I know you're in the high tech kind of world every day now. Does that, what is kind of that lo- looked like from your perspective? And I, just to elaborate a little more on that. Yeah. So my perspective on that is that, you know, we've, we've, the internet, if, if, if those of you who remember when the, when the internet really began in public consciousness in the late nineties, we were really told we'd have freedom. You know, you'd be able to find information and it was going to make everybody smarter because information would be available to you. And it was just going to be this wonderful utopian thing. And, and look, there have been a lot of benefits to the internet, but what it, a lot of what has resulted is a very um, spoon fed consumer driven culture by, again, by social media, by getting any movie, any piece of music, any TV show on demand in your fingertips in 10 seconds by getting porn at your fingertips in 10 seconds. You know, if you think about your experience, if you know, you grew up, you know, in, in the 80s or early, the early 90s or, or before that, you know, you know, pornography access, you know, magazines, getting your hands on those things were a lot harder for kids. Now it's as simple as a quick Google search. Hmm. And so there's, there's so hmm. many more. Hmm. Um, and if you think about it, because, because um, most of the major platforms, right, don't promote or exclude God's truth, right? Christian messages. Children don't see that. If they're on the screen 52 and a half hours a week, they're not seeing that anywhere. They're not, they're not understanding the reality of that. And, you know, people, you know, you, you look at societies in human history where media and messaging were controlled and people started to believe things that were true because that's the only, the only channels they got Mm. were essentially lying to them. Hmm. And so that's, 
So I think when you look at, for example, anxiety, suicide, and depression rates, if you can look at charts where it exactly mirrors the rise of social media on smartphones, and especially the damage it does to teenagers and young girls particularly, you know, body image, sure. socialization, so different for, for young girls. There's also a lot of data on, you know, brain plasticity. You know, brain plasticity is the idea that your brain is always evolving and changing. Well, of course, it's especially plastic when you're under 25 years old and you're, you know, formative years, you're growing, you're developing. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, there's this sense, there, there's been a lot of studies around how dopamine receptors are affected, particularly by social media. And what does that mean? That means if you've ever clicked the like button or seen, sorry, seen people click the like button on something you posted or somebody who you cared about responded with a positive comment to one of your social media posts then, mm. and you felt excited, that's a dopamine hit. Right. So the, the problem is this. When you're young, it's bad for anybody, but you're particularly susceptible when you're young and your brain is growing. It's just like how the tobacco companies, uh, whenever it was in the 40s or 50s or sure. 60s, were pushing cigarettes on young kids because they knew if they got them hooked then, they'd have customers for life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's no different. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the dopamine receptivity to social media is so high. Now, you know, you look at what TikTok's doing with teenagers. And so what that, and so the problem is it creates, it creates a, a myriad of problems. One, it makes the real world less interesting, right? Compared to the digital world, because the real world can't provide instant dopamine hits as fast as, as a social media platform can. Secondly, it distorts people's reality of what life is like. I mean, a lot of people have talked about this, but the idea that on social media, people don't, you know, you don't see all the good and the bad of somebody's life. You just see the parts they want to polish and then present to you. Hmm. And so then, then a lot of people, especially teenagers who might have a high level of self confidence feel, well, everybody else is doing great in life and I'm not right. Sure. And so, and so then, and then you have, of course, all the third, the third rail, which is of course bullying, right? You get a lot of, you know, bullying or, um, you know, yeah. you know, when, when teenagers, you know, dating, negative relationships, things that are said, through the course of, you know, male and female dating, those yeah. kind of things yeah. that, again, lead to a lot of negative emotional outcomes. And so the point is just that it's right. been, it's kind of like a lot, of, you know, think about the history of technology in America in the last 120 years. The benefits are usually extolled, but the costs are usually realized later. Here's what I mean. Right. My great-grandmother died in a car accident returning from her son's wedding. It was my grandfather. Hmm. But my guess is it was a probably 35, 40 mile an hour crash. But it was, I think she was in something like a Model T where they didn't have seatbelts, right. right? So it was fatal. Right. Whereas, you know, today if it's a 40 mile an hour crash, you're probably going to be okay, right? Um, you look at asbestos. Boy, asbestos is cheap and it's a great way to do insulation. The both of those statements are absolutely true. You know what else is true? It caused cancer in a lot of people, right? Cigarettes, hey, it's a good time. It helps you relax. It's, well, yeah, right. It also causes lung cancer, right? Hmm. Um, and so I think that we're we're now living in that kind of the the, the beginnings of the mm. realization of what some of the costs right. of the technology you know technology saturation especially consumer media saturation really right. has been particularly hard on the younger generation. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, and I think that's that's a really good analysis, and the <laughs> the costs of the externalities aren't always they're not always fully understood or there's not some, not a large enough sample to see how it actually can play out and so using true play as an example here what have you what are some things that you've i think you've named some of them but how is it true play is coming in and offering an alternative option 
that is, I guess, how do you view yourself really as, you know, stepping in and engaging in this space, but also holding to, you know, how does that tension play out, holding to some of yeah. the faith values and how you steward so, so your... So for our uh, customers, it, it looks like we're, we're doing a lot of beta testing right now at TruePlay and certainly encourage anybody who's interested, you can go to trueplaygames.com. It's T-R-U-P-L-A-Y without the E. Uh, and, and you can you can test and join in the tests, but it's um, it, you know it's video games, it's animations, it's digital comics, it's a way, you know it's kind of a fun multimedia platform with done with high quality, and so it, it'll feel like just a very fun entertainment experience. But the stories woven in all have God's truth woven into them, and, and here's what I mean. So some of our games are explicitly biblical. There's a game we're making called King David's Battles, where you get to hmm. play, you know, King David, one of the most action-packed stories in the Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. There's another game uh, we're doing, a Stained Glass, which we've actually done before. We're revamping and <clears throat> putting in the platform, kind of updating and remastering and modernizing it, uh, where you collect these stained glass pieces through solving puzzles, but playing a match three, and then... You collect the stained glass pieces, they form a stained glass window. When the stained glass window comes to life, hmm. a character from the Bible comes and tells you their story from a first-person viewpoint. So the narrative in stained glass is the Bible's not just a set of nice stories. It's real people encountering a real God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But some of our games are this new fantastical universe that we've created. In fact, um, you know, if, if you go to our website, you can take a look. There's a, there's a character called Maple. She's a bunny rabbit who wears a tiger costume. She's a little girl. She's about eight and a half. Very headstrong, not always right, but never in doubt. Um, and she's in a on a rescue mission, winds up in a, in a forest where she uncovers a much larger mystery of something sinister that's happened uh, where someone's taken power and kind of twisted the meaning of truth. Now, hmm. Maple has a lot of friends, other characters. Uh, Lucas, who's a skunk, who's wearing a crocodile robot costume. Hmm. Uh, well, Lucas's brother died about hmm. a year ago, and Lucas doesn't really understand what that means when his mom says he's with God. Does that mean she points to the sky? Does that mean that I can just get on my spaceship and fly and go see him because he's up there? Like, what? What is? How does he relate to that? How does he make sense hmm. of that whole situation? And he goes on a journey on a spaceship, and there's there's a lot of things that unfold as a result of that. So, in in the Rimverse, which is Maple, Lucas, Benjamin, uh, Ava, a lot a lot of our characters, they're all animals. They wear different costumes, but they live in a world where the Bibles true and God is real, but there's also real evil and they're all on their own journey. Some of them, one of them is dealing with parents divorce. One of them lost a brother. One of them uh, is adopted. Some of them are just, you know, right. like Maple, she's just headstrong. She doesn't really, she's all in on God, doesn't really care about anybody else's opinion. So, you know, God's working on her, but uh, they all go on their adventures. They have their own stories and backgrounds. Sure. And so the way it'll feel to people is a fun, engaging, entertaining story. For those of you, you know, we've got a lot of men out there. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, mm. The fact that, like, think about think about Boba Fett and Jango Fett. You don't, the fact that, you know, Jango Fett's, he's actually not a Mandalorian. He got a suit of armor and his son's a clone. And they, you know, they lived on Kamino. And then, you know, Boba took his, his father's ship and he had his own mm -hmm, journey. You know, mm -hmm. All of those things are not because you took a test or did a quiz. Hmm. You know all those facts because you watched the movies and the, the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett offshoot. And you just got sucked into the story, right? Mm -hmm, so in the same mm -hmm. way... We don't, this is not, you know, this is not edutainment or presenting quizzes or things like that. It's a way to get people engaged in stories that all contain God's truth and have them woven in. Because mm -hmm. that's really the most effective way to convey and engage. Mm -hmm. So it's your kind of, you find yourself in the story. And, or find it, you can resonate and kind of 
yeah, that I'm participating in as I'm this character. And then you start to understand some of the other dynamics um, of, right. the, of the character. Yeah, that's right. And, and so I, I think I guess we can talk about this is one of the you're entering in Christian entertainment. And I think, you know, I'm 29 now. I didn't grow up really in the church, but after speaking with some friends, it always seems like Christian entertainment is like a step behind um, stepping in and engaging. And, you know, my friends will have jokes of, yeah, we'll watch this movie and kind of point out how corny or how, the, you know, it's uh, it, maybe it doesn't have all the kind of it's not that next level it doesn't have the kind of industry experts that are working on the product that are working on, you know, the story, the narration and such. And so um, I think from what I'm hearing and what I've seen on the website, it looks very appealing. It looks very engaging. And you're and I think even just recently, I know this filmed where you are in Texas, the, the Chosen series as well. Um, it has shown, you know, some real momentum and even for grassroots type of um, really thrust, it's seen kind of some really good quality um, in cinematography and all that stuff as well. And so just kind of wanted to to hear from you how you're, um, yeah, can you talk a little bit more about the, the design, the narration and, and how that, how you're thinking kind of about the 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 experience for for users and that kind of component sure. yeah so so what we did was we went and hired a bunch of industry experts and they all happened to be really fired up about our mission and, and what yeah. we're doing and so i mean this is just it a true play we really have a phenomenal team and it's really by god's hand it's you know it's stories yeah. like you know one of my right hand man is our chief product officer he's been vid building video games for 25 years he was at ea you know electronic yeah. arts yeah. and uh, helped start the skate franchise uh, and built a James Bond game. And then he worked at Zynga and over, actually oversaw the Farmville franchise for a while. Our uh, head of engineering, uh, if you've ever shopped at Amazon and they say, um, you know, you bought a bunch of stuff, they say split it into different packages and this part will get here faster. He created that algorithm at Amazon. Uh, we have a phenomenal team of story sure. writers, um, you know, who've published books that a lot of people have read. We have... Yeah. Um, phenomenal artists and you can you can see that on the website their work is kind of self-evident um you know great designers and and people yeah. even down to the the business operations side you know hr and uh you know my chief of staff and so just just a tremendous tremendous you know motivated highly talented team who all have had success in their careers and what's amazing this is how you know it's a god thing a lot of these people when when we've reached out to them you know to find them on linkedin and recruit and you know try to hire people they say, you know, I've been wanting to do something like this for decades, but I've never had the opportunity. Or, mm -hmm. well, I'm working at this company right now, and I've had a successful run there, but the, the content we're making is so dark, I just feel convicted I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you called me two days later. You know, I prayed with right. my pastor, and two days later you called wow. me. We have stories like that, wow. and that's wow. that's how we know that God's hand is, that's right. is moving. Yeah. And so what you've got to do, you know, you were asking about Christian entertainment and the quality and things. Consider this perspective. Okay. Since around, I think Constantine accepted Christ around 320 AD or something like that. Christians made some of the very best art buildings, right, architecture and music from that time up until about the late 1800s, right? Go to Europe, look at all, right, all the cathedrals, the masters, you know, Michelangelo, what was he doing? Well, he painted the Sistine Chapel, right? That's he did the Statue yeah, of David, true. right? That's true. Um, La Pieta, which actually, if, if you've, seen all those things in person in some ways La Pieta is almost the most impressive but the point is that he's <clears throat> that always was excellence right if you read the bible right that 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 you know people wrote that 
right? We, we estimate oh, around 40 people wrote the Bible. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, that, you know, look at the poetry that's in Psalms. I mean, you can read Psalms today or, or Proverbs and find some of those profound, you know, poetic things, yeah. you know, come out of that, that text. So, so Christianity has, was, has really almost always been about excellence. Now, mm. since the late 1800s, that's changed, and there's reasons for that. We can get into that if you want. But um, now there have been some examples in the last 20 years. Mel Gibson's The Passion was a major watershed moment. I mean, think about The Passion. If, and if you haven't seen it, if you're listening, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, you know, you know exactly what's going to happen in the story, right? There's no, there's no surprises, no stunning twists, right? But sure. it's phenomenal acting, even though they don't speak English, right? They're speaking Arabic. Great actors, great cinematography, great music. Uh, and you high rewatchability, right? You mentioned the chosen. You know those guys have done a great job. You know, look at you know one of my favorite scenes is he goes, Jesus goes and meets the woman at the well, and they you know they've they've they added a little bit of dialogue to kind of humanize sure. Jesus and the story, make a point, which is beautiful. And he yeah. he says to her, he goes, she says she says some something like, well, why are you even here? He goes, I came all the way here to see you, which is. Which it's not in the Bible, but it's it's a perfect representation of, of God's heart. Mm. You know, I, I walked all the way over here, you know, a long it's a long walk, just to see you because you're that important to me. You know, conveying the heart of Christ in a very relatable way with again, both of those two actors in the scene are fantastic. And so that's happening. Yeah. You know, look at music. Look at what Bethel's doing with music. Look at what Hillsong's doing. Look at what Lauren Daigle's doing. Right? Mm. I mean, the first time, it's funny, the first time I heard Lauren Daigle on the radio, I thought, why is Adele on my Christian radio <laughs> yeah, station? Yeah. Like, what is she, you know? No, it's true. Um, so those people at Jesus Culture is one of my favorite bands. You know, those groups consistently bring quality. And there's other people I'm, I'm forgetting or don't have time to mention. Them. But uh, there are examples of that, right? And it just requires a commitment to God's truth as well as to excellence, and it requires you to keep your standards high as you're hiring people in your organization that you know can deliver that level of quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I think that's it. And, and I'm sure I'm, there's folks who are listening who will have the critique. Well, as you said, you know, the chosen, they're adding scenes in, and they're, they're, but I think there is a creative license, right, that I think you have as an artist. And I think there is a, even in, the, in Genesis, there is a call to create. Um, as well. And so I think there is this creative license, which can help capture, right? And always, you kind of want to look back through, through and get the really understand scripture and have the sense of what this is conveying. But I think all in all, I think the chosen is does a fairly, fairly good job of that. Um, one of the things I want to mention too, is, as I just was reflecting on this is I know you've spent some time in Massachusetts and yeah, I live in Massachusetts now. And I'm in a kind of a higher where do you, where do you live? I live. I grew up outside of Boston, but I live in. Uh, I live in Worcester now. Okay, so, yeah, sure. Um, but you know, you're in. You're in Austin, Texas now. High intellect, education. Um, a lot of some folks have said, you know, post-Christian or there's different names. You know, more secular st- uh, areas of the country and regions. And so, and so for your kind of from you know as you're attracting investors and are kind of have been in the VC world for a while now. How do you? Um, you know, how do you share your faith and your faith values in kind of this public square, so to speak? Because I know for a lot of people listening, that's very, that can be hard. It can be hard for people to have a good kind of contextual nuance, but also just a boldness and, uh, you know, uh, we're keeping God, God first in all this as well. And so 
all that to say, I don't know if you have just some some thoughts or reflections on how you've you've engaged Maybe, yeah, investors. I, I, I'm and... happy to go. We, there's a lot of roads we can go down on this one. I I would say a few things. One, um, I want to encourage the men out there to not be intimidated to share your faith because the reality is. All of us are Christians. We're sitting here in North America, you and me, and I, I understand most of your listeners, right? Believing in a belief system has started, well, really, Moses founded, you know, organized Judaism or Yahwehism, right, in 1400 B.C. In, in Egypt. And then, you know, Jesus, of course, 2,000 years ago in Israel, and we're sitting here 2,000 years later, half, literally halfway around the world, because someone told someone to told someone to told someone to told someone, right? So we're only Christians because people had the boldness and confidence and, and frankly, the humility because they cared more about, you yeah. know, humility doesn't mean you don't care about yourself. It means you care more about God, right? They had, they cared more about the calling that Jesus said, you know, hey, go, go share, you know, go forth and make four disciples. They cared more about that than their own public embarrassment, right? And... If for those of us who are old enough to remember, it didn't used to be like that, right? You know, in the 80s and part of the 90s, it wasn't like it was such a such a big thing. It's just that our society has shifted and changed rapidly sure. for a lot of the reasons we talked about earlier, because sure. the messages and content people get, not because truth has changed or because God isn't there anymore. Of course he's there. He's, he's right here with us. But but people have been, it's almost like they've, they've started to believe um, because they get it from so many channels this almost secular atheist worldview. And again, that's led down the path to all this depression and anxiety and suicide and, you know, popularization of drug use and all these kind of toxic behaviors you've seen thrust on kids. But that is, you know, so, so all of us bear the responsibility to go share God's truth and light. Now for us, it's Mm. through making video games and fun animation cartoons about little girls, you know, bunny rabbit girls in tiger costumes and skunk, and robot alligator costumes, and for you it might just be inviting a friend to church, or buying someone a Bible who has questions, or mm. um, you know, or or praying for somebody whose mom is sick, mm. right, or whatever that is. You know, I've lived. You asked about where I, you know I grew up in Springfield, Missouri. I lived. I went went to college in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and then I lived in Silicon Valley for 15 years, and now I live in Austin, Texas. I guess I, I also should say I lived in Johannesburg, South Africa for a year. No, oh, wow. and it's certainly true that you know things are different culturally in different pockets in america um i also find that in africa generally at least in south africa people are more receptive to a conversation uh, about christianity than they are in for example the san francisco bay area um but that doesn't mean that that the light can't shine in the darkness Hmm. right it doesn't mean that there Mm -hmm. can't be um the opportunity to make a difference to somebody who needs it because all of us the only reason any of us are saved is because someone else took the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's good, and um, I, I think it's simple. And I think you you name that, and um, and how we are wherever we find ourselves, where our feet are planted. There's some very practical ways that we can um, we can share our faith with confidence and uh, and assurance as well as the as the Holy Spirit is leading us. And so, um, yeah, would would love kind of as just because we start to close this conversation and the podcast as well is um yeah what was what was the first game that you created and and would love to kind of hear some of the the thought and rationale as to you know the the this the first kind of prototype so to speak 
Uh, th- so just to be clear, the first game I ever we I, first video game I ever made, the first Christian video game I ever yeah. made, the first game we made a True Play. True Play. A True Play. Oh, okay. So the the first game we made at True Play was actually Maple and the Forest Words, and so uh, I did not come up with this. Some of my colleagues did, um, who were here. And so the idea was they created this character, Maple, and she's just, again, okay. you can see on our website, we made an animated short about her. She's yeah. you know, cute little girl. She's eight and a half, very headstrong, um, wears a, a, a tiger costume, and goes out in the forest uh, because she's convinced she's on a rescue mission. And she, she um, the game, the game Maple, so there's an animation as, also, yeah. as well as a game, as well as a digital comic. There's, you can kind of experience yeah. a story in different media. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that uh, she's finding that the environment, it's a platformer. So if, you, if you've ever played a game like a Mario Brothers or um, a Metroid or mm-hmm. some of the Donkey Kong uh, run games, those are, those are platformers. Um, and so it's a platformer where you're, you're you know, going up, you're climbing things and you're walking on platforms and you're jumping across obstacles. And, and in the, in, she rescues a friend who is trapped um, who's a fox that wears a bear costume, and he's adopted because he, he was born into a fox family, obviously, and adopted by a bear family. He's kind of a, a resident nerd. He's read all the books. He knows all the facts. Um, but he has a lot of questions about where he came from and who he is and not kind of believes in God, but kind of not really sure about certain things uh, in that. And she meets other friends along the way, all of whom have different powers and abilities, and they need to kind of work together to work their way through the obstacles in the forest. So... The, the, the message in that is they find that the forest, the whole environment that they're in, had been corrupted by this villain who's taken power by corrupting and twisting the meaning of words. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, negative effects and evil that have come about the entire environment because this person has you know, taken power and created, a, created those effects. And so mm-hmm. they've got to find out what's really going on and then wind up, of course, in a redemptive task. Uh, mm. To oversee it, but it, through those journeys, through that journey rather, they pray, they quote the Bible, God shows up. But it's it's a normal part of conversation. If you look at the, most of your Christian walks, you're going to talk to your friend about something deal with you're dealing with, and they'll say, "Hey, well, the Bible says X, Y, Z, or let me pray for you." So it's like like think hmm. about think yeah. about the last time you saw a movie that wasn't a Christian movie, it was just a normal secular program where anybody even went to church on a regular basis. Right. Or where somebody offered to pray for somebody else or where, you know, they're, they're, they're right. few and far between, you know, the man right. of steel, the, the right. 2013 movie with Superman movie with um, Henry Cavill, which I think is great. You know, he yeah. wa- he does actually walk into a church and ask the priest, what should I do? Right. And actually the priest gives him really good advice, which is surprising. Usually that's the exception. Right. 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 You, you you think, well, think about this, like. Hmm. 110 million people in America go to church, about half the American population, and you almost never see a movie where, again, somebody prays, quotes the Bible, or goes yeah. to church on a regular basis throughout the course of, of the story or TV show or anything like that. Like it, It's actually astonishing. And if you think about it from this perspective, it actually doesn't really represent the way life is because so many people do it. You know, it's, it's dramatically underrepresenting right, right. a huge belief system. Right, a huge belief right, system. right, right. So, that's fair. That's how we weave that into the story, and then our characters throughout their journeys in Maple are, they, you know, they're growing and changing, and they're adapting, and God, sometimes God shows up, right? You know how it is, you pray, and sometimes God shows up in yeah. exactly the way you ask, and sometimes it's a little different than you, you'd ask, but sure. it's, sure. God's there with them. Yeah. No, yeah. amen. Amen. 
just um you know would love to hear a little bit more about the kind of the yeah the the atmosphere and we've alluded to this but obviously the high tech there's a lot of i think it's categorized right a lot of um it's very busy i have some friends who've worked in you know silicon valley in that space it's you know you're especially as you're trying to grow an organization it's very i think the the worldview of this area this space is go 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 and go quicker go faster build ramp you know uh kind of take the this you know opportunity right um i know there's a lot of busyness there's a lot of room for profit as well and certainly speed and so how do you kind of using yeah your how do you in, how does your culture within your team really kind of sit in this tension perhaps or how do you think through your faith and how yeah we're we're building this company but it's also as you said it's for god yeah it's a great question so we are a high performance organization and i think that unfortunately too often in the faith space uh, you don't see that and so you you know look there are mm-hmm. there are objectives that we have to hit. There are high standards of excellence and quality. There are metrics by which we'll be measuring everything that we do. And as a, you know, if you look at the best run technology companies, forgetting about the effects we've just talked about through most of this conversation, but if you look at companies sure. like um, most of the big tech companies, the way they structure and run and they do, um, you know, KPIs, you know, running on, you know, key performance indicators or running on, you know, quarterly sure. objectives, there's different names for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we do. We do exactly that. And we keep high standards and we have a high standard for who we hire. It's not enough to you to come on board and say, Hey, I want to do this all my life. and I think this is really great. Yeah. But you need to demonstrate that you can actually do this job at a high level of excellence that you've done it something like this before, Sure. because we just don't have time to train, uh, you on the job. Unfortunately, it's, it's a startup. And so, uh, and if you look at biblical examples, I mean, look at Noah's Ark. Do you remember the part in the Bible where it says that, well, Noah and his sons got sloppy and then it leaked? No, it doesn't say that because it didn't, right? Do you remember the part in Nehemiah where they built the wall? It says, well, half the wall fell down because they none of the guys knew what they were doing and they hired the wrong people and they got, you know, they ran it. No, it doesn't say that because they, they built the wall and it worked. And, and again, back to my stories about excellence, you know, a conversation about excellence a while ago, you know, looking at all these churches that would be amazing cathedrals built in Europe, Questionable if we could even build those today, right? If you've ever seen you know, Notre yeah. Dame uh, yeah. up front or, or or you're looking at, you know, Michelangelo's painting of the Sistine Chapel, you know, sure. could somebody do that today? Maybe, maybe not. But those were all things that were held to high standards and there were, you know, there were objectives, right? And there yeah. were goals and there were, we have to, you know, they had a certain amount of, you know, mm-hmm. um, objectives that had to be achieved by a certain amount of time. And so that's the same kind of principles that we apply, we kind of take the best of Silicon Valley operating principles and apply to, to really achieve a Christian mission, you know, a kingdom purpose. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. And I agree. I think it's refreshing to, and would encourage listeners to go into some of these, <laughs> these amazing churches that were constructed. You know, I think I was just in Quebec city in Montreal and um, you have the Notre Dame and some big, some big, really some big churches that were, unfortunately they're getting converted now into apartment units and into um, other organizations. But nonetheless, you can see really the craftsmanship, the technique, the skill and the gifting, I think is a key word there um, that really performs something that I think honors and glorifies God as well. And so, um, yeah, well, Brent, I know we're coming up on time here. And so 
Thanks so much for sharing a little bit about your story, Trueplay, and some of the, the more of the, the theory and the other things that are happening in this space. But really appreciate it. And um, just where can we find you and any more information on where you are and just the, the vision of where you all are going with Trueplay and more? Yeah, please join us at trueplaygames.com. Again, T-R-U-P-L-A-Y games.com. Enter your uh, email address. You can uh, register to test, be part of our beta program. We're all over uh, social media. We're launching next year in 2023, and what we really hope it's something you really love as your family. It's, it, you know, we build things to be, uh, you know, exciting and engaging, and stories that uh, we, that we think you'll enjoy, and also you know, values that you'll be hopefully excited to have your kids uh, sink their teeth into. You know, I know as a, as a parent, sometimes mm. it's hard to know where you can turn or who you can really trust. You know, it's like you you screen a babysitter, right, and suddenly. You've got this electronic device that's almost, you know, in front of your kid, uh, you know, for for dozens of hours a week. Uh, we hope that we can yeah. be a trusted, but not only trusted, but also a really fun, exciting, engaging experience for your children. Hopefully, for you too. We 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 aspire to kind of write and build games and entertaining experiences that adults can enjoy as well. Again, check out. We have an animated short on our website. You can yep. see previews of some of our games at TruePlayGames.com. And uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, by the way, praying for us. Amen. Thank you, Brent. Thank you, Tyler. Really enjoyed it.